You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. The magic underwear is not working, and that's not our fault. And National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. We're like a 1-800 number almost. That's right. Welcome to another edition of the Godfather and Gorney Podcast here on Rivals.com. I'm Dave Barry, producer of the show, and I'm joined by the aforementioned stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. We're going to talk all things college football, including Jim Mora out at UCLA. The John Gruden to Tennessee rumors are still going strong. But guys, we'll start with Baker Mayfield and what cameras caught him doing on the sidelines in the game against Kansas. Uh, Mike, do you think him grabbing his crotch like that and yelling obscenities at the other team is going to do anything to hurt his Heisman chances? No, I don't think it'll hurt the Heisman chances, but uh, I think it'll, you know, might hurt his NFL stock a little bit because he's already got the, uh, you know, running from police in the offseason. Um, you know, he planted the flag at Ohio State, which is not egregious, but it's still not a sportsman thing, sportsmanship type of thing. But this was just stupid. I mean, it's Kansas. Um, you know, the three of us and eight other people could probably go out there and be Kansas. And, you know, he's talking smack to the fans. And I know they're talking smack to him, but you got to be the bigger person. Um, I know he took a cheap shot. I know they wouldn't shake hands with him starting the game itself. But, I mean, I, you know, if there's a if there's a puppy around and I'm kicking it, uh, you know, I don't really need to, to do more than that. And that's what Kansas is. It's, a, it's a, a puppy that he was kicking around, and he got all fired up, and he looked ridiculous. And, and my whole thing is it doesn't make him a terrible person. It just makes him look stupid. And I don't know what Gordy thinks because Gordy's a – crotch grabber you know he's a, he's that type of guy you know very very flamboyant but i don't know what he thinks i need both hands though you know <laughs> i don't know gorney <laughs> so what do you think about baker i i think it's really it really looks bad on him it it shows that he runs that team and it, it almost seems like lincoln riley really doesn't have much control over him because it seems like after he did it he really didn't even get reprimanded for doing it uh he put out a statement again apologizing for his actions and uh, I don't want to mention Johnny Manziel because I don't think it's to that level, but the kid has to control himself. Uh, NFL teams are watching. Um, he puts up big numbers against really bad Big 12 defenses. They're a joke. Uh, almost every week he's going against really, really bad competition. So NFL teams have a lot of questions about him, and what he doesn't need to have questions about is his personality and the way he kind of conducts himself. Yeah, they didn't shake his hand. Big deal. So Kansas didn't shake your hand. Who cares? You know, just go out there and win the game, shut up and go and go home. And everybody knew Oklahoma was going to blow him out, and they did. And he's talking trash to the fans, and it makes him look bad. And he's grabbing his crotch, and he's FUing them on camera. It just makes you look bad. And, you know, guys like Josh Rosen have such a bad reputation for, for doing absolutely nothing except telling the truth. And now, you know, Baker Mayfield seems to continue to get a pass. I don't think it's going to hurt his Heisman chances, though, because who are you going to give it to? I think Lamar Jackson, as I wrote in Take Two today, should be considered he has better stats um but uh but it's going to raise a lot of questions going into this offseason about just kind of what what kind of character this guy has and if you want to trust your nfl team with him yeah and i I think you know had johnny manziel not preceded him uh, had johnny manziel not been a first round pick had he not washed out so poorly i don't think this would be as big a deal I don't think he's getting a pass anymore because it's going to be talked about all week long. Um, and, and I've already heard some people, you know, smarter than me in NFL circles saying, 
that this is this is a red flag and it's something that they're going to watch. And you know, I'm curious as to what would happen if a quarterback did this uh, on a Nick Saban sideline. Um, right. You know, or we all know if he ran away from the police during the off season, there'd be no punishment in an Nick Saban program. They they seem to do that constantly every off season. But um, the planting the flag thing, I don't think would go over too well. You know, when it comes to on field stuff and sideline stuff, there are certain coaches that don't take this stuff uh, and they don't accept it. Uh, and you're right. I think Lincoln Riley sort of made excuses for it. There's no, there's no, no excuse for it. But prior to that, he talked about excuses. He mentioned that Kansas didn't shake their hands and all this other stuff. But the problem here is you're the bigger name. You're the bigger personality. You're a Heisman leader. Uh, you're the star of the show. Kansas is nothing. Got shiny red helmets, which I like. Those were those are neat. But they're not a good football team. They're going to try to get under your skin. That's what happens when you're Baker Mayfield. And if you allow it to happen, why would I hand over my NFL franchise to you? If you have such thin skin that you can't deal with Kansas, um, let's say I draft you and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers start talking trash to you, you know, or, or they take a cheap shot at you, which happens all the time in the NFL, usually gets flagged, of course, but um, how are you going to react then? And, and, and I, I asked this question, have we ever seen a great quarterback act like this on the sidelines? You know, and, and when I was thinking great quarterback, I was thinking, you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, guys like that. Could you ever picture them doing something like this? No, that's and, and that's the thing. You know, Tom Brady is certainly full of himself. Aaron Rodgers is very confident in his abilities, but he's not over there, you know, grabbing the crotch and telling the Chicago Bears to go F off and, you know, yelling at their fans and stuff. So you need to have that control and control your team in that way. And it, it really is, you know, this is a guy in the offseason who on camera was tackled by the Fayetteville police after running away from them for being drunk. Uh, it's just not really a good, a good situation. And in a quarterback group that is very loaded, um, it's going to be interesting to see if he can kind of, kind of reclaim his reputation here, but this might be his reputation. You know, this might be who he is. He can't control his emotions and that's going to be a problem. So we'll see if it, if it continues to be a problem, you know, in Norman, Oklahoma, you could do whatever you want to do. When you're the, you know, the quarterback of the Los Angeles chargers or someone who's going to be drafting pretty pretty high in the first round there's a much more of a bigger you know microscope on your actions and you know it's just childish you know he's just got to move on from it and you know issuing apologies doesn't get you very far after the second third and fourth time and issuing an apology for you know getting fired up on the field and doing something stupid is one thing grabbing your crotch telling the other team f you telling the fans to stick to basketball no one on the sideline seems to have said anything to him all game they they kind of almost allowed it to happen and then after the game he's sorry so it you know that that kind of is shallow for me and it's going to be a lot of questions heading into this offseason as nfl teams start to interview him and all those around him yeah i thought he i think i still think he's a first round talent but i don't know if he's a first round i don't know if he has a first round head um you know because this really you know again people are going to be well oklahoma fans who've defended joe mixon to no end i mean to, to right. absolutely no end you know oh she deserved it and all this other stuff you know this is nothing like that at all this is stupidity it's just goofy stuff 
but they don't understand that the guaranteed money that you give a first-round quarterback in the NFL is millions and millions of dollars, and and GMs are responsible for that, and owners uh, have to pay that, and and scouts have their jobs on the line if if they don't vet a guy, and they do background checks, and they do psychological evaluations, and they do you know the interview portion is is as important as the on-field stuff at the combine. All of this stuff makes you they say, okay, let's say Baker Mayfield's as good as the next guy, and I'm choosing between those two. I'm going to choose the other guy because you know what? He, well, that's he's not doing this stupid stuff. Yeah, and, and to kind of put a cap on this, you know, they're they're, they're going to dig back, and uh, yes, he is a first round talent, and he could be very special in the NFL. But they're going to ask, why didn't he have any offers coming out of high school? Why did he walk on at Texas A&M? Why did he leave after a year after having the starting job? Then all of the stuff that happened uh, at Oklahoma, the two things, two or three things that we know of. Um, and so, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he got pushed out of the first round because there are so many other quarterbacks that don't seem to have so many issues. We'll see. I mean, nobody predicted Laramie Tunsil would a, a video would leak of him smoking uh, something out of a gas mask. But uh, it would be questionable. It wouldn't be questionable if he fell to the second round because it's because of the stuff that he's pulled in the last year. And this won't be the last thing. I think, you know, there'll be more idiotic stuff to come, and I think more stuff will come out around the Combine, and I, I just don't think we've heard the end of, you know, antics. And, uh, you know, we weren't going to talk, talk about this, but I feel we have to now that we've talked about NFL quarterbacks. <clears throat> the big showdown between Rosen and Darnold, to me, was uh, it was a rout. I mean, it was Rosen, by far, looked like the NFL quarterback, he looked much more comfortable in the pocket. He's got no help whatsoever. That offensive line stinks. I know the USC offensive line isn't very good, but Sam Darnold has Ronald Jones. Sam Darnold has uh, good receivers. Um, Rosen has nobody, and he looked very, very good in comparison to Darnold. So I give him the nod there. There will be others that will continue to keep Darnold ahead of him. Um, but there is some talk with all the turnovers that Darnold shouldn't even come out. So what did you think of the game? Yeah, I thought it was clear. I mean, USC, no surprise, won. I mean, they're a far better team, have far better skill players and, you know, better players on almost every position. But when it comes to quarterback, uh, again, it, it is just clear. And it, it's been clear since camp seasons and seven-on-sevens and high school seasons that Josh Rosen is a very, very special quarterback with when you surround him with talent can do unbelievable things. And Jordan Lasley is hardly, you know, a superstar wide receiver. He, you know, better than I expected him to be coming out of high school. I'll give him credit for that. But Josh Rosen makes him look good. He makes Austin Roberts look good. They can't really run the ball that well. Josh Rosen's getting slammed to the ground. The offensive line is awful. Um, you know, things just weren't working well. Never have really. Uh, you know, UCLA never really surrounded him with any, you know, much talented players. Um, but it's clear that Josh Rosen is the better quarterback. He throws a much more accurate deep ball. He can sit in the pocket. He could feel pressure. He could do all those things. Um, you know, Kirk Herbstreit said it during the game that Josh Rosen is clearly by far the better quarterback and that Sam Darnold needs to come back to school for another year. I don't know if that's true, if he's a top 10 or 15 pick. Um, you know, he can sit on the sidelines kind of in a, I, I don't want to say a Jimmy Garoppolo role, but in a role where, he can learn from NF, you know, the team that is he's going to be groomed to play for. He's not. I don't think Sam Donald is a guy that can step in right away like Deshaun Watson and and run an NFL team. I do think Josh Rosen has that ability, 
And I think I think it was clear Saturday night that Josh Rosen is a better quarterback. Yeah, and I think you know if you're not the best offensive weapon on your own football team, you shouldn't be the first pick in the NFL draft. And he's not. Ronald Jones is the reason that USC has had so much success, and they've had to actually overcome turnovers by Sam Darnold and had to play around his limitations. Now, again, he's big, he's strong, he could make all the throws, and you know sometimes he looks lights out, but other times he just looks lost and. Um, you know, it'll be interesting, but there's no doubt who the best offensive player is on UCLA. It's not even close. They fell apart last year when he was out. They can't compete with when he's out, you know, when he was missing time this year. Um, you know, the concern is that he's going to go to the Browns and that'll be the end of that. Um, and I don't understand why the Browns wasted a second round pick on Deshaun Kaiser because he's absolutely horrible as I predicted he would be. Um, when you knew the quarterback crop this year was going to be, uh, you know, so so good. You know why they did it? Because they're the Browns. <laughs> well, that's, I guess that's right. But, I mean, man, they were set up. They were set up in this draft to really make a difference. And, you know, they, they did take Garrett, who could be a good player, and, and Peppers. And, um, you know, I think they really helped their defense for the future there. And then, you know, second round, they could have taken somebody that could help them. And then, yeah. you know, they take Kaiser and he beats out whoever else, one of your horrible USC quarterbacks. And um, and he's just he's just bad. I mean, the, the only reason I'm happy he's bad is because I have the Jacksonville defense and uh, <laughs> that helped my fantasy football team yesterday. But, um, you know, I don't even think a guy and again, I'm not saying Rosen's the best pro quarterback, you know, uh, prospect since Peyton Manning. Or, or, or really even since Andrew Luck. I mean, he's, he's, he's a very, very good – and I know Andrew Luck came out and, and everybody thought he was going to be a superstar, and he hasn't really panned out due to many circumstances as well as many expected. Um, but on a team like that, I don't care. If you're with the Browns, you're just not going to be able to be successful. So, But here's what's, yeah. here's what's cool about Rosen. If he's selected by the Browns, he'll say no. <laughs> and it's not cool because I hate that. You know, I hated that Eli Manning did that and all that other garbage. And I didn't like that John Elway did that. But um, he's the type of kid that will say, Browns, no, I'm not going there. Are you kidding me? Just pick me fourth or something. Because um, I could see that happening. So let's uh, let's skip down real quick and then we'll, we'll double back here. Because we might as well go with Mora, um, you know, being out. It was so funny. I was watching, I was watching Jim Mora on the sideline during the game. I can't remember what portion of it was. And oh, I think it was they got an unsportsmanlike penalty after one of the touchdowns. And mm. and you see how guys react normally to unsportsmanlike. I mean, some coaches lose their mind and they're in the guy's face. They're screaming and yelling, or they're screaming at the position coach, or they're doing something. And Mora's looking at the replay uh, on the Jumbotron with no reaction whatsoever. He's talking. I think it was Lashley, wasn't it? Yeah. He's talking to him. And then he just sort of turns away and Lashley goes about his business. And I'm like, this guy doesn't give a crap. He doesn't care whether they're winning or losing. Now, maybe he knew he was going to get fired prior to this game. uh, But that's kind of been his demeanor over the last few years and I think it's time to make the move the problem is I don't know if UCLA is going to go out and hire a better coach because 
A, they don't like to pay their football guys more than their basketball guy. They're a basketball school. And who the heck are they going to get? Short of Chip Kelly, we'll talk about him in a second, who would be a good fit? Yeah, I, I think it was time to make the move. It just wasn't working. I mean, uh, you know, they had the best quarterback in college football, and they still couldn't win the South. Uh, you know, wa- you know, Washington is, is by far getting much stronger. Stanford remains strong. Oregon is recruiting lights out with Willie Taggart. Actually, Cal is actually doing better with Justin Wilcox in year one. Arizona uh, has Khalil Tate, so they're in they're in games and having a good season. And then there's USC. So where where does that put UCLA, which should be a team that is at least competing for its division and really hasn't been uh, in years previous? So uh, you know it just it just seemed kind of stale and stagnant and really. After Mora came here, it seemed like he had put a good staff together. Demetrius Martin is a phenomenal recruiter, and whoever gets that job should keep him on staff um, because he can recruit. Uh, you know, he can keep kids in California. He got Darnay Holmes. He can keep kids in California that would you know probably otherwise leave or go to USC. Uh, but it's interesting. Who do you get? You know, Mike Norvella, I think, is a name at Memphis who has done really well there. He has West Coast connections. I do think. Uh, that Chip Kelly is going to give a listen. I, I think there's interest there. Um, you know, I, is the UCLA job big enough for Chip Kelly? Is that is that kind of a step down? He could take Florida uh, at any second. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who they go after. But, you know, usually as you're preparing to fire a coach, you know, the smart ADs have a group of names. They don't need to go out and hire a million-dollar search firm. I mean, this is college football. It's a pretty small niche community. You you kind of know the names that are that are good and, and would be interested in the job um, if you're a good AD. So uh, you would have at least a list of names that you would go after. I'm sure Chip Kelly is at the top of that list. We'll see how interested he would be. Um, but then you always have to wonder if he's just kind of kind of angling to recoup his name and leave after two or three years to go back to the NFL because he has talked before about how he doesn't like to recruit and how it's a pain and how he's a guy that just likes to kind of, you know, look at film and all the, all the things of, that we've talked before about NFL coaches. The list I don't think is very long, so it's going to be interesting to see how they go. You know, Mora was an NFL guy, uh, didn't have a tremendous amount of college experience, so I wonder if they'll go the same route or if they're going to go uh, Lane Kiffin or someone like well, that. they got to go offense. I mean, I don't think they can yeah, hire they a to. defensive coach in the Pac-12, and that's, you know, because Ken Norton Jr. I thought would be a good fit. He's the defense coordinator of the Raiders, done a pretty good job there, although this season they haven't done well but and he's a well-respected coach he's got ucla ties but they can't go defense so you know you got to go kelly you got to go norvell maybe you go some offensive coordinator somewhere um you know that's that's uh you know hot in the nfl or uh maybe you go lane kiffin which would be a dream come true for me (laughs) but um you know it's just i don't see I don't see a guy out there short of Chip Kelly that's going to make a, much of a difference. I mean, Kiffin would make things interesting. People would actually care about UCLA recruiting and UCLA football. Um, they would actually pay attention to it, and maybe that's what they need. Uh, Norvell, eh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, he's a good coach, but I don't think he could fix what's wrong there. I think Chip Kelly is looking at UCLA and wants to hear what they have to say because of the total control thing. You know, I think he would have much more control over what he wants to do with the program at UCLA than he would at Florida if all the talk of Foley and Spurrier is true at Florida. Um, you know, and, and he probably sees a, a better path to success in the Pac-12 because he's an offensive guy. And, 
you really just need a high-powered offense to be successful out there, whereas in the SEC, that usually doesn't work. So so we'll see. Uh, the other funny part about that game was the punt return. I mean, <laughs> it's just another example of just how poorly prepared this football team is. I mean, they did. Punt left, and the ball goes to the furthest right it could go. I mean, my goodness. There was a fat guy and the kicker that noticed where the ball went. And I assume it was the center. Um, you know, and the kicker's looking, the punter is looking at everybody. He's like, hello. You know, I punted to the right, and there's nine idiots to the left. What are we going to do here? And uh, that was, you know, obviously a key touchdown in the game. And you know, again, the reaction on the sideline is, oh, well, huh, huh, geez, that was pretty tricky. We got fooled on yeah. that one. Aw, shucks. Yeah. Oh, well. So, But Moore is the guy that, remember, he, he showed interest in a job while he was, was – he showed interest in the Washington job while he was with the Falcons, was it? No, it, it, he was at UCLA. And he, he, there were a lot of rumors because he's from Washington. Yeah, that, but I thought before that he got canned or, or – uh, maybe I'm getting confused with Petrino. I don't know. I, I know there was one time where you, the answer to every question is when you currently have a job is <laughs> I'm not interested. And someone right. came and asked him about the Washington job. I believe it wasn't at UCLA. I think it was when he was in the NFL. And he said, yeah, uh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> and then I think he ended up getting fired and just not the sharpest guy. So we'll see where he lands. He'll be back in the NFL or something. And they'll probably hire someone nobody cares about. But we can talk about somebody everybody cares about, and that's John Gruden. Because oh boy. if you see John Gruden, it's you know there's got to be sort of a price for paparazzi photos by this time. Because there were rumors that he was in Knoxville at a restaurant with Peyton Manning on Saturday, when in reality it appears he was in Seattle preparing for the Monday Night Football game. Now I hear Jay Harbaugh's an opportunity. Um, have you heard that name for tennis? Jay Harbaugh? I don't know. I mean, not Jim. You mean John? John. I'm sorry, not not Jay. Jay's Jay's the the one who's he's, <laughs> that's a step up. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a John, John Harbaugh who would leave the Ravens to go to the, the you know again. I know the Ravens season isn't going that well, but the guys won uh, a Super Bowl. So a Super Bowl winning coach is going to leave the Ravens and go take the Tennessee job. And John Gruden is going to come out of retirement and he's going to, you know, go to, I mean, it's just, it's getting ridiculous. I think the, the, the groomer I heard was that restaurant one that was probably the one, but someone also said that the, the story they placed, I think Dennis Dodd wrote the story about how they're not really sold on him as a coach because he has barely a 500 record and he hasn't recruited in a hundred years. He said that that's a positive sign and a hundred percent means that Gruden's going to Tennessee uh, because you don't plant stories on guys you're not going to hire. And to me, it looked just like a story of this guy said no to us. So let's start bad mouthing him now. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. understand how you could take the opposite approach to that, that article. I just wish that, and, and I know a lot of these guys and I have a lot of respect for them, but no one knows anything about what John Gruden's going to do. Stop acting like, oh, this person told me he's at Calhoun's on Saturday night with Peyton Manning. And then ESPN's president has to come out and say that, no, he's in Seattle. Uh, he's preparing for the Monday night football game. And don't you think if John Gruden and Peyton Manning were walking down the street or, or into a restaurant, 
on a Saturday night in Knoxville. More than three than three people on Twitter would have noticed this. And I mean, it's just it's it's actually kind of pitiful now. I mean, they're just dying for John Gruden to to take this job, and now you know, oh, we're not so sold on John Gruden, and it it, it reeks of that that Tennessee people are leaking to Dennis Dodd or whoever else. Oh yeah, we're not so we're not so sold on John Gruden because we have absolutely no chance in hell of getting John Gruden. So, uh, you know, it looks like they're turning to to phase two, and it'll be interesting to see who they go after. I still think Dan Mullen is should be at the top of the list. They should stop wasting time on the, on John Gruden and go after a realistic option. Um, you know, last week it was John Gruden was talking to coaching friends and assembling a staff. Well, what job is he going to take? Nobody knows, but he's assembling a staff. Uh, and I'll say it again, great coach, Super Bowl champ. But for God's sakes, this is not Bill Walsh, you know, coming to coming to Knoxville. Look at if, you if he even showing does. your age, Gorns. Exactly, yes. I mean, it listen, is, yeah. half of the, what's the generation below millennials, Dave Barry? You know. Gen X. Is yeah, it Gen, Gen X? X. Yeah. The, the, those are the ones that can't cross the street by themselves, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the millennials are the ones that get outraged about everything. Yeah, about having a street there in the first place. Because <laughs> it's ruining our country having streets. <laughs> Those are that's our listener base, and you just mentioned Bill Walsh, so they're all just like, ah, ah, who's who's that guy? Yeah, you gotta go, Bill Belichick. You gotta just you gotta stick with Bill Belichick. They don't know who Bill Walsh is, but I, I will agree with you. But John Gruden, what an ego! I mean, come on. I know. Either say Come you're taking it or not. Who no. who really cares that much, for God's so sakes? Stupid. And you're you're having people embarrass themselves. You're having journalists embarrass themselves. You're having people. Uh, I mean, did you see the idiot with the camera phone following Curry, uh, asking him if he's going to hire Gruden? Well, have some self-respect too, Mike. I mean, for if you're Curry. You said you say to John Gruden, you, you have three days to make a decision here. It's not hard. I'm giving you seven, eight million dollars a year. You have full control, blah, blah, blah. And if not, move on. Have some self-respect for you and your program and your school. I have no self-respect, so I can understand that. <laughs> but from John Gruden's point of view, I mean, we all know how many times I've been recruited by major conglomerate sports broadcasting companies oh yeah you're a wanted man and i come out and i say i am rivals for life all the time no frumers that's not really a thing yeah frumers no i don't know what it would be for rumors for rumors no for rumors here i just come out and say this is where i want to be but honestly shame on john gruden shame you're hot garbage because and we were not even there yet because Come out and say it. It's just now it's getting annoying, and I'm getting annoyed with it. I really am. You know, it's it's almost like you end up. I want John Gruden to be the coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. I really, really do. It makes my job, your job, our jobs much, much more interesting. I mean, Jim Harbaugh coming back to college football at Michigan was one of the greatest things that could ever happen to us because it gives us things to write about, and he's so interesting to follow. It makes Michigan relevant. I want Gruden to go to Tennessee. Oh, yeah. But now I'm at the point where I'm just annoyed with the whole situation. I'm annoyed with every tweet that says, you know, he's he's the here, he's there, he's, he's mulling it over. There's a plane flying, you know, to Tampa right now and all this other garbage. I mean, 
I can't wait till the Well, here's the thing. College football is much better when it's uh, John Gruden against Chip Kelly for the Florida-Tennessee rivalry and not Butch Jones against Jim McElwain. So, yeah, we're hoping for these hires, but just make a decision already. Stop, you know, are we shocked by this? No, I'm not shocked at all that he's playing this out and he's, you know, an attention hound and wants the attention and wants to have to deny that he was in Knoxville and then say it was crazy and then a plane is going to fly to Tampa to meet with him. I mean, you know, six grown men flew from Gainesville, Florida to New Hampshire to kiss Chip Kelly's shoes last night to beg him to come to Florida to coach their football team and pay him $9 million a year. So, of course, that's he's an egomaniac, and that's what he's looking for. But enough. End it already. Honestly, I agree. I mean, it, it really speaks volumes about the guy himself. And I don't know him. I've never met him. I like him on TV. <clears throat> yeah, I, I like him too. I liked him as a coach. I think he's uh, – but, you know, listen, if you're going to hire a broadcaster, hire Tony Romo. Because he's a better broadcaster and he's more interesting. Absolutely. Much better broadcaster than he was a quarterback, but we won't even get into that because <laughs> then we'll upset a lot of these millennials who think that Tony Romo should be a Hall of Fame quarterback and Philip Rivers is better than Dan Fouts. And then I'll just absolutely lose my mind and I'll take this <laughs> microphone and just throw it through a window. So I don't want to get there. So Chip Kelly got wooed in New Hampshire, which sounds like a movie. Should he take Florida or UCLA? I say he should take UCLA simply because the 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 offense and the path to success is easier there. Although the SEC East stinks, where should where should he go? This is a tough one. Uh, I, I still think he should take the Florida job, and here's why: it matters a lot, and you know it's a huge fan base. Um, he can win there. He can recruit there. Um, it's a bigger job you know, probably will pay much more. Um, you know, he's on, you know, it's just a, it's just a bigger job. He'll play when people are awake and not kick off at, you know, seven forty-five Pacific, you know, you wonder about getting chip Kelly, you know, getting lost in the pac 12 a little bit. Um, I, I just think Florida is a bigger job. Chip Kelly is a big time name who's had some big time jobs before. And so I, I just don't think that UCLA, is, is, is at that level that he's going to come in. And at Florida, he's going to have some problems. Yes, Steve Spurrier still seems involved, at least in a, in a counseling role. Jeremy Foley's still involved in some role. He's going to have that. Um, but, uh, you know, UCLA isn't a perfect setup for him either. So if I was him, I'd take Florida. All right. Well, we disagree on that as we disagree on most things. Hey, quick question for you. Uh, Matt Corral visited Alabama this weekend. Uh, committed to Florida. If Chip Kelly doesn't take the Florida job, uh, what do you think he does? Depends on who they hire. Um, I mean, there's three guys. You no, know, if they got hi- Frost, there's Dan Mullen, and everybody says it's down to three guys. So, yeah, um, you know, I, th- I, I still think he's going to end up at Florida. Um, he's he could still take some other visits. There was rumors that he was going to visit LSU, and that never happened. Um, well, LSU, I think the best thing for Matt Corral, that's where quarterbacks go to die. LSU. I know. I know. I think the best thing for Matt Corral would be to go to a school like Alabama where discipline is instilled. Nick Saban is going to put him on the right track to being as talented as he could possibly be. The problem there is Tua Tunga Vailoa isn't oh, going God, anywhere. I was waiting for you to say that. And, and Jalen Hurts is still there. And so they're, they, you know, they have some quarterbacks there at Florida. 
you could walk right in. And if you have two legs and an arm, you could, you could start a quarterback at Florida. So it'll be interesting to see who they hire. I think if Chip Kelly gets the job, he's absolutely going to go to Florida. If anybody else gets the job, then maybe some other schools can uh, get involved. But I do think he's going to end up in the SEC or outside the Pac-12 because I'm not entirely sure a lot of Pac-12 schools are really recruiting them all that heavy right now. Here's another question for you. <clears throat> Who's going to replace Nick Saban when he eventually retires? Oh, boy. I don't want to throw out Dabo, but I would throw out Dabo. Yeah, huh? I mean, that's exactly the name that came to mind. And Clemson fans would lose their mind. But oh, yeah. that that's going to be like, honestly, that's going to be the biggest job available. And, again, we don't know when Saban's going to retire, and it could be another 10 years and um, all that stuff. But that's the type of job. See, we're talking about these jobs where you could hire away great coaches from other places. There's only a few of them. And, it's, yeah. you know, Florida should be one of them. And that's why I think they, they could get Dan Mullen or Scott Frost. I mean, they should be able to hire somebody away. And Scott Frost isn't really hiring someone away. It's a step up for him. And, and it's a step up for Mississippi State. But the Alabama job is like, that's a job where you could see every, it's a step up from everything, honestly. Yeah. Um, so it would be, would it be a step down from an NFL job? Would a top NFL coach leave to take the Alabama job? I don't know. I mean, the NFL so, it's so easy compared to the recruiting. Um, yeah. You know, if, if there was recruiting in the NFL, which would be great, let's get free agency and, and start recruiting guys, you know, starting having <laughs> to do in-home visits to try to convince someone to take your $20 million as opposed to... In-mansion visits. Yes, that would be great um, because that would show these NFL coaches who have never coached at the college level how difficult it truly is. But I just think the NFL is too easy. I mean, I don't know why you'd ever step down from the NFL to go to college. It's just, it's the worst job ever. Being a college football assistant coach is the worst job ever. And the second worst job ever is being a head football coach. And I put them in that order because the assistants do all the work that, you know, the head coach doesn't want to do. Uh, but the head coach has all the pressure. Yeah. I love asking questions. Yeah, and, that are, and, if, that and, if one, and if one Clemson fan would be mad at Dabo Swinney for leaving Clemson for Alabama, then oh god, of course, shame they, on of you. Of course because... they would. Listen, there's a, there's Oklahoma fans out there that think that Mayfield was righteous in his actions, <laughs> and that Joe Mixon was goaded into punching the girl. I mean, it, it, this is the thing that I don't understand. Just because somebody wears the uniform of the school that you like, doesn't make everything they do. Right. You have to have a level head. I was a Cowboy, still am a Cowboys fan. They got croaked, obviously. And, you know, but it but it doesn't depress me like it used to, um, because, you know, I, 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 I have too much other work to do and I can't really follow the NFL like I used to. But I was a huge Cowboys fan growing up and a huge Cowboys fan with the triplets and all that stuff. But I hated when they brought certain guys to the team and I won't name names because some of them are in our industry and I don't want to get in trouble by naming those names, but I was a cowboy fan and I'm like, ugh, it's going to be hard to root for this team. Now that such and such is on it. I still did, but I understood that that particular person wasn't exactly what I wanted to represent the Cowboys. And I don't know why, I guess college football is just so, it's just so crazy. And that's why we have jobs. That's why people listen to this garbage podcast. And uh, that's why, Dave Barry has a job as a producer of a garbage podcast and 
why we get paid. But, I mean, they're just so out of control with their defense of this stuff. So Clemson fans would be outraged. They think the Clemson job is a better job than Alabama. They do. And they just won a national championship over Alabama. So they're at their height of thinking that right now. Maybe in a few years they won't be thinking that as much. But right now they think Clemson's better than Alabama. And, you know, I guess in a way they have a point because they just did beat him in the national championship game. But, yeah, Dabo would be the guy um, that I would think of there, too. I like throwing questions out that aren't on the schedule just yeah. just yeah. to make Gorney think on his toes. I don't want you doing it to me because I'm old and my brain doesn't <laughs> fire as quickly. So I'm a little bit slow. So is this the weekend? You called it on Butch Jones. You called the weekend on Butch Jones, which was about four or five weeks too late. Is this the weekend Riley gets fired? Has to be 100,000% because there's no more games to play after this weekend. I'm going to be two for two here. And well, yes, this, absolutely. This one, 100%. Nebraska can go in and win 55 nothing, and he's still going to lose his job. And the reason he's going to lose his job is because they have Scott Frost in the waiting and things aren't working out. And Mike Riley, like Butch Jones had said some really odd things in the final weeks. Mike Riley said, everything looks good except when we're in the games, you know, and that that's just befuddling, you know, like, well, that's the whole point. So good when they're not in the games. Yeah. Things look good all week. Everything's fought. They fought against your, your, your team there. I mean, no, no. Penn State went up fifty six, like twenty four. It was raining. Everybody was cold. Everybody wanted to go downtown and have a few adult beverages. Ooh, all the players. And then, no, no, of course so, not. Of so course not. So the players not. get your the fans mailed it in. That's why Nebraska scored so many points at the end. No, here's here's why they mailed it in because Nebraska kept playing and Penn State had fifty six points in the third quarter, and Tommy Stevens was throwing the ball. And uh, everybody was out and Saquon Barkley already set the record and and it was raining and they didn't care anymore. And so Nebraska put on some late touchdowns. They scored with no time left and the tight end jumped into the receiver's arms and they were all excited that they had scored some points. But uh, it was still a blowout, a comfortable win. And Mike Riley's. And I'd like to give a shout out to an actual good human being compared to what we saw, you know, on field antics. Saquon Barkley is a guy who just deserves every accolade he's received. And and do I know Saquon Barkley? Do I know Baker Mayfield? I don't know any of them personally. But when you're watching the replay of the touchdown that was taken back, and you're watching him stand there with James Franklin, and James Franklin's pointing out that, oh, the chalk dust went up, and it looks like they're going to reverse that. And you see Saquon Barkley just sort of looking up and saying, oh, yeah, man, you're right. Like, he just appears to be everything you want in a college football player, everything you want in an athlete. He wasn't like cussing at the refs and saying that that or that or that's chalk from the half yeah. mark or, you know, he wasn't complaining that he didn't get the next carry after that to try to set. Yeah, a he record. didn't. He didn't get the touchdown run. Yeah, no. he didn't get the touchdown. I mean, run. Well, he did. They tried it. With, well, yeah, later on. Well, they yeah. tried it with McSorley the next play, and then they gave it to Barkley, and he got the touchdown. But it was trying to. To tie a record, you know, a long hold standing record. And he's just like, oh, shucks. Yeah, you're right. That doesn't look like a touchdown. And you're like, you're seeing what a what a good sportsman-like human being is on the sidelines compared to crotch grabber. And, you know, I don't know. That guy just, he's not going to win the Heisman. 
They didn't put him in a position to win the Heisman, I don't think. They didn't let him run north-south enough. They tried to use him in the passing game too much because they had to do that because they didn't have any receivers coming back. And, you know, it's it's sort of a – they didn't feed the beast enough for him to – I think if they fed him – Especially in the marquee games, Ohio State, Michigan State, and that will be something I think as they do an autopsy on this season, James Franklin's going to – Well, and also, I mean, listen, he got 14 carries against Rutgers. They could have given him 42. He could have got 280 yeah. yards. Eventually, he's going to break break out. I mean, they could have done what they're doing with Bryce Love uh, and, and make sure that he gets his carries and gets his yards and then shut him down after that, but they didn't. But I tell you what, he just seems like, you know, the type of guy that if you're looking at a first round pick, and again, I don't know him, he could be a serial killer for all I know, but he appears to be the perfect, you know, type of guy that you want on your football team. And so as we call out the negative, I want to call out some positive there. And I I think you've done a fine job, Adam Gorney, um, raising Saquon Barkley to be a Nittany Lion because I know you have a lot well, to do. We expect nothing less out of our men from State College. Yeah, and I know you have a lot to do with the program. You're similar to like a Jeremy Foley slash Steve Spurrier type. I know they ask I'm you. Count, I'm, I'm, I'm a counselor. They ask you for advice on a lot of things, and you provide it. So uh, I assume Riley's gone and Frost is in. I, I can't really find a link to a different rumor than that. Yeah, I imagine that's so, and... Even if Frost isn't in, I think Mike Riley's out. You know, they hired, they fired their AD midseason. That's always a sign that he's going to bring his own people in. The new AD comes in and, and kind of raves about Scott Frost while Mike Riley still has a job, which was kind of telling and a little bit of a sign. Um, you know, Mike Riley uh, got blown out by Minnesota, who didn't score against Northwestern the following week, and then got blown out by Penn State. And things just, again, aren't progressing at all there it just wasn't a fit from the start it it reeked a little bit of charlie strong at texas um you know and so he's gone and if they can get scott frost the nebraska subscription base will fly through the roof because they will be big 10 west champions next year and they'll be headed to indianapolis um until they have to play you know wisconsin so and again, I'm not sure if this is new news. It is to us on the podcast, but Baker Mayfield's not going to start next weekend, uh, and he will not be a captain for Oklahoma uh, against West Virginia. I think that's nice, um, and I think that's appropriate. I don't think you suspend the guy for a full game or anything like that. If guys are missing one game for a Dewey, you don't suspend the guy a full game for you know, crotch-grabbing. But I think we've been hard on... Um, Lincoln Riley, you know, because they allowed that to happen. And I guarantee you they won't allow that to happen in the future. They'll, they'll keep an eye on that guy a little bit more on this, but, but apparently. Yeah. The question is if Bob Stoops was on the sideline, would he have done that or not been told to stop doing Bob it? Stoops reinstated I, a guy who punched out a girl. So don't give me, that's what I'm saying at Oklahoma. Uh, the, 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 the rules are a little loose. It is. Yeah. But, but, I, but I like this. I like this uh, from Lincoln Riley. You're not starting, and you're not going to be a captain. So you're not out there for the stupid handshake, uh, and you're not our starter. And you know what? That's publicly embarrassing for Baker Mayfield, and he deserves to be publicly embarrassed a little bit for what he did. So good for you, Lincoln Riley. We've been crapping on you from a great height all podcast long, but I think that was the Let's get the good for you drop in there. 
Good for you. See, I had to do it myself because Dave doesn't have it. He's got you blew <laughs> no, it. Dave's asleep I, at the wheel here. I was not ready. It. He doesn't have that drop. He's got you blew it, and he's got garbage. Dave's got to. He's got to be a little bit more Fred Norris and uh, and Dave Barry, and he's got to get this yeah. drops. Uh, although I did, I do like the magic underpants uh, at the beginning. That was. A, <laughs> Let's, let's fly through hot garbage because we have predictions because we're not going to be back later this week because of Thanksgiving. And uh, I don't think, you know, when there's a turkey leg on the table that uh, Mike is going to be hitting the podcast. Oh, I w- Ooh, that's some hot garbage. I would podcast from the Thanksgiving table. But, but you guys are... <laughs> and never do the drop over a talent talking, Dave. Well, that's all right. Dave didn't know I was going to talk and I never shut up. So... Hot garbage. I'm going to go by conference real quick because I know we got hot garbage up here. We got Baylor. We got Oregon State. We got Illinois because I think they're all one-win teams, right? Is that, is yeah, that correct? I Illinois so. might have more than one win. Hmm. Illinois has to have more than one win. No, they're 2-9. and nine. They're 2-9. and nine. They're 0-9 oh in conference. But uh, I, I would say North Carolina wins the hot garbage award right now for the ACC. Uh, Baylor, of course, wins it. Um, no, they don't. Kansas wins it because Baylor beat Kansas straight up. Right. So Kansas, yes, Kansas. Kansas has to be the pure hot garbage in the Big 12. The Big 10 is clearly, to me, Illinois. Although, um, even though they're 4-7, and seven, I'm going to give Rutgers a, a little bit of a mention here because Indiana is not exactly a power program. They went into that game this weekend yeah. with one in-conference victory, and they won 41 to nothing. Yeah. Uh, how do you lose to Indiana 41 to nothing? I don't care who you are. So uh, Rutgers is hot garbage as well. But Illinois definitely wins the hot garbage there. Oregon State, clearly you are the winner of hot garbage. Um, and then got to be Vanderbilt for the SEC, although Tennessee is right in there as well. Um, and Arkansas. But I, I would go, actually, I'm going to go Tennessee. Tennessee is hot garbage in the SEC. Yeah, Tennessee is hot garbage, and it was fitting that the game on Saturday was played in a an absolute monsoon. I think there was metal hanging off of a scoreboard, and uh, it was just a complete mess, and it was just fitting for what kind of season they've had in Knoxville. Kansas, definitely hot garbage. Illinois, I'm sorry, they are the hottest garbage. They are just no, bad. Even they, though... they, would, they would beat Kansas straight up. They would beat them in a game. Yeah, they would probably. But their, their two wins this season are... Ball State by three, and then they beat Western Kentucky, and since then they're zero and nine, and really not competitive in a lot of those games. Well, did you see? Um, it would be that would be an interesting game right there. Did you see? Illinois Kansas, Kansas beat Semo. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Southeast Missouri, and almost beat. Uh, they were in it against West Virginia for a while, and I think they were in it against TC Kansas State, maybe TCU. Yeah, Kansas One of those State teams. they lost by ten. They ended up losing by 22 to West Virginia, but they also <laughs> lost to another one-loss team, 38 to nine in Baylor. So, yeah, they're definitely Kansas would lose to Illinois. We should have a North Carolina. I just feel so bad for them. I mean, you look at their injury report; it's it's like three pages long. They have, they can hardly field a team. Oh, it's like triage, man. It is really yeah, really it's bad. bad. But if we had a hot garbage playoff, I think the winner of hot garbage would be Kansas. You mean you mean like the worst hot garbage team would be the winner? Well, yeah, the worst would be the winner. Yeah, it, I would have you would have to think Kansas. Kansas can't beat any of those other hot garbage teams we just mentioned. I don't think. 
No. I mean, because Baylor is honorable mention hot garbage. If they were in a different conference, they'd be hot garbage, and they destroyed them. I think Illinois could actually give them a run for their money, but Illinois' defense actually looked sort of okay at times against Ohio State when they weren't just running up and down the field and scoring 28 points in a quarter. But, uh, yeah, Kansas. I think Kansas would be the hottest garbage. Morning at 2 a.m. at a bar. She looks sort of okay at times. (laughs) When she doesn't smile or talk. That was just the greatest description ever. They look sort of okay at times. All right. And and I'm going to give a local (laughs) shout out here, hot garbage to UConn, because they got destroyed by Boston College. They're 3-8, and and Randy Etzel is uh, reaping what he sows. Is that it? Is that Randy Etzel is my man. Is that the right term? Reaping what he sows? He's going to – if that's what you mean, yes. Yes. No. Whatever. Uh, Randy Etzel's the man. He's going to turn that program around again. Zero, you watch. Zero percent chance. Absolutely zero percent chance. Let's get to predictions because uh, week 13 is right around the corner. We're taping this on a Monday and trying to predict the games because you guys are too lazy to do a podcast on Thanksgiving. So now, what was the game I picked? I picked Virginia to beat Miami last week from the outside looking in. It looked pretty good for a while there, but... Uh, then it fell apart. It did yeah. fell apart, but it was close. I forget what your horrible pick was, but it didn't come true. I'll tell you what, Mike. I'm nine and three in locks of the week. Yeah, I'm like three and nine. Yeah, That's pretty bad. But uh, uh, my game last week, I don't even remember. Iron Bowl prediction. Uh, Alabama is four and a half point favorites. Yep. What do you got? I, I I'm not going to bet against Alabama. I know Auburn is playing really well. I know that they just served up Georgia. Uh, it is at Jordan Hare. Jordan. But until someone beats Alabama, I'm just not going to believe it. I'm going Auburn. I think they're the most dangerous football team out there. I think that the problem is they play down to their competition, but I think at times they can play up. I think they learned their lesson, you know, from not only the Clemson game where, you know, he was just a statue in the pocket and they kept trying to go downfield, but most importantly from the LSU game, I got Auburn. I think they're pulling the upset there. Then I think Auburn's going to croak Georgia and get in the college football playoff. So whatever um, Auburn fans are out there that think I hate your team, boom. I definitely, that, that is a, that is the trendy pick, I think, which is usually dangerous. Um, but I, I could definitely see it happening. Minka Fitzpatrick is questionable. Pierschbacher questionable. Sean Dion Hamilton out. Mac Wilson out. So they're going to be playing with some of those, uh, let's say second tier linebackers that had problems against Mississippi state. Um, it's going to be an interesting game and, and I, you know, maybe four and a half points is too many, but, uh, you know, I think really it could go either way. I would still pick Alabama, um, just because they're Alabama. Um, but but I could definitely see Auburn winning that game, and it wouldn't shock me. How much does Ohio State win by? Did they win by two touchdowns or three touchdowns? <laughs> well, Brandon Peters will be out, right? I mean, they're going to have to go with O'Corn. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's why I asked the question, because O'Corn is just horrendous in every way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's, it's awful. Yeah, he's, I don't know what they're going to do. Oh, so horrible. <laughs> like, like what I did there? See? <laughs> uh, that, 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 was, that was brilliant. Right. Uh, Brandon Peters is questionable for Ohio State, so I don't know what they're going to do. Dude, he got concussed um, and brought to the hospital. I mean, if they bring him back, yeah, he'll pro- he'll be out. He'll be out. Uh, eleven and a half point. Ohio State's eleven and a half point favorites. I would lay that line, even double digits in a bit the biggest rivalry in all of sports. 
uh, I would still take Ohio State because Urban Meyer, when he smells blood in the water, and that blood is Brandon Peters in the hospital and John O'Corn at quarterback, uh, could really lay a big number here. Michigan's defense, while still very good, can only compensate so much for an offense that continues to just be very poor. Yeah, I, I think Ohio State's gonna gonna beat them and beat them badly. I know it's a I know it's a rivalry game. I know last year's game was obviously controversial and close. I know it's at Michigan, but I just think, you know, if they couldn't take advantage of Alex Hornibrook and his awful um, chicken wing arm, I don't think they're going to be able to stop the running game nor the chicken wing arm of JT Barrett. So let's just talk Wisconsin really quickly here because they continue to look very, very good defensively. I mean, that defense is, we, we've talked about Auburn, Clemson, Michigan, all these defenses, and Wisconsin's defense. It's good. Man, they are, they are good. Very good. And it's, it's all scheme. I mean, it's, it's not yeah. like they're loaded with uh, amazingly talented guys. They're loaded with, you know, um, guys that are always in the right place at the right time. They have tremendous, um, I, I don't know. There's just a lot of composure there. They don't over-pursue. Um, they, they have gap responsibility. <clears throat> it's very, very well-coached defense. Um, and it's one... And that offensive line, oh my God, they look like five lumberjacks out there just waiting to maul people. I, I love how they play. They're huge. They're absolutely huge. I, I saw at the NFL the other day, Robbie Havenstein was playing for one team. I can't remember what team it was. And he was a kid from Maryland that I scouted. And I, I, I was like... That's the biggest human being I've ever seen. And he's, he would probably be the third biggest guy on the Wisconsin offensive line right now. I mean, they're just monstrous. And they're going to destroy Minnesota. And then we get to Ohio State and Wisconsin. We could predict that down the road. But there aren't that many good games this weekend, you know? Yeah, usually this is a huge weekend loaded up. You know, everybody has their turkey, uh, you know, pot pie or whatever leftovers they have at the Farrell House. What do you do? Turkey soup, turkey pot pie. What the leftovers? It's turkey sandwiches. Yeah, turkey sandwiches. Oh, turkey sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Very you gotta good. Gotta get the carbs in there. You gotta get the bread and all the light meat or dark meat, Ooh, Mike. Light, 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 light. Oh no way! You're you health nut. You're, you're a health nut. <laughs> yeah. You gotta go. It's so juicier. I'm a health nut. <laughs> Isn't all the fat in the dark meat? Yeah, but that's the flavor. Oh, but I'm I'm the health nut because I'm taking the whatever and, and yeah the egg bowl this year eh. i know but all of it's like notre dame stanford eh. yeah uh, but here's my upset outside the top 25 ready ready okay south carolina over clemson wow yeah. could happen crazy not not that it's gonna happen because kelly bryant actually looked really good but it was against citadel but that's the one that yeah. i see that i would be worried about if i were you know a top five team i don't think west virginia has a chance with did you see the greer injury i mean oh yeah that's gross that's gonna be ugly um they don't have a chance with their backup quarterback even with baker missing one series or whatever and you know you look at the other teams that are in contention minnesota's gonna get croaked by wisconsin you know alabama auburn's gonna be a big one everybody else i mean georgia tech looked like crud this past week so i don't think they're a threat to to Georgia, are they? Pl- yeah, there they are, and there's no line on that. How about South Florida over UCF? No, Charlie Strong's coaching. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I should stop with Charlie Strong. I was I was actually complimentary to Charlie Strong last week about how he would be a good fit. I think for 
you know, like a Florida or Tennessee job, but uh, I'll take Scott Frost and those uh, Golden Knights because they're just they're just rolling over everybody, I, and nobody cares. It's the American Conference, so nobody cares. Yeah, uh, I don't see any upsets really. You got to pick I, one. You, know, you got to pick like Pitt beating Miami or something. Get... No, if I if I had to take one, I would take. Let me see here. You know, NC State's not playing all that great of football, I'll well, tell you. Well, they're not ranked anymore. I mean, by the time the rankings come out, they won't be ranked. Yeah, they won't they be ranked. Stink. Three straight losses. You know, South Carolina over Clemson, that is a that is a hot pick. Yeah, it is. You can't steal it, though, so you got to go, like, West Virginia over Oklahoma or something like that. I'll take A&M over LSU. How about that? Since they benched Kellen Mond, they actually looks pretty good. Yeah. That one's not panning out so we- well for me so far. No, that that's not that's not so great. But really, the upset would be if Kansas covers forty against Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State, I think, is as they say in Stillwater, fixing for a blowout. Yeah, but their defense stinks. Yeah, but can't what is Kansas going to do offensively? Nah, they've actually been a little bit better since they put the new quarterback in there. But their defense stinks so bad. I predict I picked them to win the Big Twelve. I did. I you know I knew their defense wasn't good, but I also felt Oklahoma's defense wasn't good. But Oklahoma State's defense is atrocious. Just Well, I'm awful. telling you this. I, I'm putting Oklahoma State on hot garbage because I had them in the college football playoffs so because they have the, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. The best Justice Hill is phenomenal. Yeah. They have like 18 receivers who are, who are going to play in the NFL. Yep. And still, still they, they can't do They don't have do anybody who can tackle. They were horrible. T. Boone Pickens is right. Mike Gundy, get out that, of there. I mean, they just got to teach defense. They got to teach how to tackle. It's really awful. But anyways, we only got one hot garbage drop in there. We didn't get a you blew it. We we just we're all over the map because it's Monday. But Dave's already on vacation. We don't want to go. Over, yeah, it's Thanksgiving week. We don't want to go over an hour. We, we've never gone over an hour. We don't want to do it now. So let's end this garbage and uh, move on. We got the music going, so that means <laughs> it is the end of the show. Over. <laughs> all right, we're gonna we won't be around again the rest of the week. So we will see everybody again next week. Thanks for listening.